Hello, and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage Podcast. My name is JD, and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com. And today we're going to talk a little bit about in sickness and in health, because that's kind of what we've been experiencing around here. You know, the traditional wedding vows go something like, I take you to be my husband or wife, and I do promise and covenant before God and all these witnesses to be your loving and faithful wife or husband in plenty and in want, in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, as long as we both shall live. You know, maybe with some minor variations here and there. And unfortunately, I don't remember my wedding vows. I remember picking some. I remember memorizing them. I remember reciting them from memory during the wedding, despite having uh, the flu and fever. But nearly 23 years later, I don't remember what they were. And I don't think I kept anything that had them on it. And But I'm sure that they contain something like in sickness and in health. This past month, we got to test those vows. For those who are on our mailing list, you know that I've been dealing with a pinched nerve in my back, which has left my one leg nearly useless and in a lot of pain. And it's been about a month now, and I am just today starting to walk sometimes without a limp and just started driving again. I still can't walk far. My leg gets sore and tired after only a couple minutes of being on it but the pain is down to achy instead of I want to cut my leg off. So I'm making progress. But the last month has been challenging. Uh, For myself, well, it's been painful. You know, my nerves are short-circuited, so it hurts in varying degrees randomly, and muscles cramp up randomly, and part of my leg is numb. And it's been also exhausting because lying down makes my leg ache, and I've had a lot of sleepless nights. Some nights, I can't stand to lie down anymore by about 3 a.m., and I have to get up. And it's boring as well. The meds at the beginning were so strong, I couldn't even read a book or listen to one. I couldn't pay attention enough to gain anything from it. Even movies were hard to follow. And having to constantly shift, roll, etc. to try and find a comfortable position makes it really hard to watch anything with substance. Uh, I did, however, watch a lot of YouTube videos. I think I watched almost everything uh, this one channel, Viva the Dirt League, put out. If you like video games, their videos are hilarious. Although some have some crude language, just as a warning. And I like to do things for myself. And for the last four weeks or so, I haven't been able to do much of anything for myself. I can't cook. I can't even make a sandwich. Uh, I can't help any household chores except sorting laundry. If someone brings me the basket and puts all the folded clothes away from me after, I certainly can't move hay bales. And I haven't even seen our barn or animals in a month now because I can't walk that far. And for someone who likes to be self-sufficient, that's hard. You know, Christina sometimes gets frustrated because I don't ask for help. And it's not that I don't want to, I just don't even think to. Well, I've had to in the last four weeks, and it's been challenging, to be honest. Uh, My first instinct is to do it myself, and then I get scolded, and rightly so, for not resting like I should be. And it's been hard on Christina, too. She's had to watch me be in pain knowing that there's nothing that can be done about it. We just have to wait it out and wait for the inflammation to go down. She's had to do all the driving, you know, the normal amount, plus whatever I would normally drive, plus all the extra ER, chiropractor, massage therapy, and physiotherapy appointments, which at first was a lot while we were trying to figure out what was going on. She's had to do all my farm chores as well as her own. You know, the kids are still helping, of course, and they've been stepping up more, but still, it's a lot. Every morning, she spends an hour out there, and this week, 
that's been even more challenging as we just got dumped on with snow and a polar vortex is causing minus 40 temperatures. If you're wondering if that's Celsius or Fahrenheit, it's both. So she's had to do a lot of the scrambling around, making sure the animals are warm enough and have extra food to survive. I tend to handle infrastructure stuff, so that's been a lot of extra work for her, especially in the cold weather, weather, which brings new challenges. This week, she had to climb down into a well in full snow gear just to put a heater in so that the pump wouldn't freeze. She's also been making me food. You know, the kids cook most of our dinners, uh, but she's had to make me breakfast and lunch most days and bring them to me. Oh, and our dog is having puppies in the next couple of weeks, which has been a first experience for us too. And she's been dealing with a lot of that as well. So she's also exhausted and overwhelmed, not to mention frustrated that this destroyed our Christmas vacation time. Now, we didn't have any big plans that were ruined, but she certainly didn't plan to sit for hours in the ER with me or go to a whole bunch of doctor appointments. Uh, And I'm very grateful that I have a wife that didn't take that frustration out of me. Never once did she make me feel that she was mad at me, that I was inconveniencing her, or that I was too much of a burden. You know, she vowed to love me in sickness and in health, and she does. And when we say those vows, we usually have no idea what we're promising. Uh, We get the concept, but you only understand the reality once you started to experience. You know, we married within a couple months of each of us turning 20. We had never dealt with severe injuries or illnesses, certainly not debilitating ones. Uh, We didn't fear it happening because when you're 20, the long-term risk assessment parts of your brain aren't even done growing yet. And it really hasn't been that bad, you know. Yes, it's been pain and extra work, but it's temporary and I'm still able to dress myself, go to the bathroom by myself, feed myself as long as someone gets me the food and so on. But it's enough to test that vow. And it's a test for both sides. The spouse who's well gets to practice being kind and compassionate, caring and selfless. And the spouse who's not well gets to practice humility and accepting love. And Personally, I prefer the caring than the being cared for. I'm pretty stubborn and particular in how I like things sometimes, and I've had opportunities to practice the other side as well. You know, last year, Christina fell off her horse and fractured a vertebrae in her spine. She was actually stuck in bed for a while, so she had to rely on help way more than I did. And while trying and managing everything was hard, and I didn't do nearly as good a job as she did, I enjoyed caring for her. It sucked to see her in pain, but the serving, I don't mind that at all. And I think this is what marriage should be, you know, seeking to serve each other daily, regardless of what that looks like. And if you both have the attitude that whatever comes up, I'm here for you, then whatever happens, you'll be all right. And don't get me wrong, we're not perfect at it by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm very grateful I have a wife who acts out her love and I try to do the same. Because the alternative is some sort of, you know, I'm with you so long as you benefit me mentality. Our society likes to justify the arrangement of marriage as an investment. The idea that like, well, I'll help you now, but I expect you to help me later. You know, kind of uh, an equal arrangement that eventually will balance out. But what happens when it becomes uneven? What if one gets chronically sick? What if they get cancer with long recovery process? You know, I know a guy who, while they were engaged, his fiancée suffered a spinal injury that left her unable to use her legs and with partial use of her arms. He decided to marry her anyway, knowing that her need for care would likely always outweigh his. 
And he may be one of the few people I know who understood that part of the vow when he made it, or at least in some measure. The point is that we generally make our vows blindly, as we should. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. We're not looking for an even arrangement or a score. I, I wasn't looking to weigh whether or not this was a good investment. You know, we don't fear what will happen, but we promise that whatever happens, we're there for each other. And some may call that naive or short-sighted or childish even, but I think it's an act of faith uh, to declare that with God's help, we will endure whatever life throws at us because it's a Christ-like attitude that gets you through it all. Now, whether you're a believer or not, these Christ-like qualities still determine whether or not your marriage will be solid. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't care what your religion is. You know, who can argue with a list like that and what it will do for a marriage? And for those of you who are newly married, don't worry about the future. Just purpose to be there for each other, whatever may come. For those who have been through the struggles, I want to know about them. I'd love it if you'd come to the blog. You can click on the link in the show notes and share your stories in the comments. You know, it can be anonymous. Just leave the name and email blank if you're worried, although no one but me ever sees the email addresses anyways. But I'd love to hear more testimonies from people who have survived and even thrived despite the struggles. So we can teach younger generations that this is how you do marriage. You know, we have this passage in Titus 2, verses 2 to 6, that says, Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfast. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not slanderous or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the younger women to love their husbands and children, be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. So this is this message of here of, of the olders teaching the youngers, this is how you do life. This is how you be married. This is how you show love. This is how you control yourself and be kind to each other and respect and love each other. And I don't know if the church ever did this well, but I don't feel it's done well today. You know, our supporters forum, I think, is trying to do this. We have a mix of older and younger marriages. We even had a couple join just before they got married to start with a community of support. And I love it when someone asks a question because they've hit a new situation and many people chime in to offer their perspectives and experiences. We just had one such thread this week that I had no experience with, but many others jumped in to help and share. And if you want to be a part of something like that to help us grow, uh, whether you're newly married, young in your marriage, in the thick of it, or enjoying the fruits of your decades of labor, I would love to have you there. But regardless, you know, I would love to hear your stories if you're willing to share them. This above is part of mine. You know, and I want to thank you in advance for helping those who are just starting out or heading into their own struggles. And that's all I have to say for today. We'll talk to you next time.